Hey, what's up, everybody? Yours truly back in the space, back in the place. Once again, Mickey Smith Jr., and you are in the podcast, the See the Sound podcast. Now, somebody said, what is See the Sound? It's the idea that what we do is more than what we do. A lot of times we think of sound as the audible, but it's also the internal. I believe it's our significance. It's what we bring to any situation, any stage, any classroom. It's what either resonates or even repels those that are around us. We all have a sound. And in this season, I think it's so important that we're aware of our sound. So with this podcast, we are going to reach out to some amazing people that are both in the profession and even outside of the educational profession, but are making a significant impact and difference in the lives of others, as well as in themselves. I'm super excited to have uh, a friend of mine, a colleague in the profession, and uh, definitely someone I've seen from afar, but I'm just delighted to get to know a little bit better today, Ms. Bethany Robinson. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. This is such a treat. Well, guys, this is definitely going to be a treat. So look, you know what time it is. It's time to see the sound. And on the other side of this sound, we're going to kick this thing off. Enjoy. Once again, everybody, yours truly, Mickey Smith Jr. And this is See the Sound, the podcast that challenges you to do just that, to see things you wouldn't normally see. Now, somebody said, Mickey, you can't see sound. Well, look, I know. I know you can't see sound. But when I talk about the sound, it is not necessarily the audible, but it's the internal. It's the significance that we bring to our classrooms, to our lives, to our situations, to our relationships, dare I say our situationships, all those things that either allows us to uh, resonate or even repel. So we always want to be cognizant of our sound. That's why I say, let's see the sound today. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. Number one, this individual has been somebody that I've seen from afar and, uh, and I've always wanted to be able to connect with. But also, too, I got to be honest with you, I'm pretty excited. Like the kids say, I'm kind of geeked up today because we got our, 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 our Grammy fraternity, so to speak, in the house today. Uh, as, as of right now, the time of this recording, I, I, I believe, I hope I'm not misspeaking, semifinalists, national semifinalists for the Grammy. So congratulations, congratulations. And uh, we're just excited to, to have you today. So do me a favor. I'm going to shut up, and I just want you to talk to us a little bit. Let us know who is Bethany Robinson. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, it's such a pleasure to be here, and um, I guess I'll start where my band career started. I grew up in Kokomo, Indiana, about an hour north of Indianapolis, and um, I had a very musical family. My dad's a bass player. I have a brother that's a bass player and a trumpet player. I have a, another brother who um, played trombone. My mom is a piano teacher and a choir director at a church. So I just had this childhood just steeped in music, which was so cool. And it just was very normal to me. I didn't know that it was that cool. It just was very normal. And um, when I got into fifth grade, it was time I was already a piano player. We all took lessons from my mom and then another teacher. And then when it was time to go to public school um, band and like pick an instrument, um, I was so excited for the saxophone. I can't even tell you how excited I was. And then, you know, you may I know, know this. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of saxophone players out there. You know. Um, so they said, sorry, we're full. So they handed me a flute and I was a little sad. But you know what? I did my thing with the flute and I really loved it. And then it was time um, for, I just really loved band um, and making music in a group because, you know, I had been doing piano, which was the solo thing. Yeah. So I just loved the idea of playing with other people and making music. And so when it was time, um, when summer jazz band opened up, 
I went fully with the intent to be a piano player in that, you know, sixth grade jazz band. And there were so many kids lined up at the piano. I thought, oh, this is just a hot mess, you know? So I looked over at the other corner of the room and there was one boy and one bass. And I was like, I'm just going to investigate the situation. So I walked over and I said, um, Hey, how long have you been playing? And he was like, um, since yesterday. And I was like, that's all I need to know. I I ran home and I told my dad, I'm like, this kid only has a one day head start on me. I think I can get, I think I can catch up, you know? Um, so it was fun because it was, it was interesting. My mom has the music degree and my dad always played by ear in bands. So there was this really interesting thing. He handed me this amazing, like 74 Rickenbacker, which I had no idea that it was one of like just this classic bass, like Paul McCartney played the the, the same model. Like it was just incredible. And he hands it to me and he says, just play along with the radio. That's how you'll learn. Well, that was a disaster. And so I had to sit at a piano and like plunk out notes and make myself a chart, you know, the days before the internet and, um, figured out like what notes were what and, um, I, that's where I just started falling in love with the bass. And I, and I started really listening to just the bass on all recordings. So, you know, that actually got me in quite a bit of tr- trouble as I got older, because I would play this great music and I'd be like, mom, check this out. And, you know, I'd be playing a song and I would only really be listening to the bass line and not so much the yeah. lyrics. And then I was like, oh, my bad. Sorry. That's inappropriate. I just was never in tune as much with the lyrics as I was with like the low end. And I feel like that's kind of how I also band direct. Like I'm always looking for that foundation and I feel like the melody is always pretty easy to hear, but I feel like I have that unique sense to really um, come at the foundation of what's happening in jazz band and concert band and orchestra. And um, yeah, I just absolutely, that's where my love of bass started. And I still play um, even now I played in high school jazz band and we did all the circuits and all the festivals. And I went on to college um, and played in a big band there. And then when I um, left school, I really like jazz band was a thing I loved the most, but there was zero pedagogy really taught yeah. in college for me. And I think that's the way it is for a lot of band directors. Um, so we'll move on from, you know, when I was in school to when I started teaching and um, it was, it was quite a journey because I mean, even talking in the same sentence as like a Grammy semifinalist and myself were like, I, I mean, I, I think I'm just so blown away. Mostly it, because of- it was nothing. You, you just went and sought out like this is, this is, this is something beyond a dream. I would imagine. It, it, yeah. I'd never even dreamed this big, you know, yeah. it's just absolutely incredible. And I think it's also incredible because of how bad I was when I started <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we're all probably like just getting, I feel like I was especially bad if I could be (laughs) (laughs) right. Hey, hey, Um, if if it makes you feel better, you know, having, having been through the process, you meet people, you meet folks that are, that are, you know, in contention for it with you and folks in the past, you would be amazed at how common that conversation is. It's almost like the water cooler talk. Has anybody found out that I really don't know what I'm doing in this area? Or do they, do they know what happened 10 years ago in, in, in that rehearsal? Like it's amazing. And it's so comforting to hear folks just share that idea that perfectionism isn't a real thing that what you think you see is never what you see, that we're all just humanity on display. Like that is the most, like even hearing you say that just now, 
just blesses me because it's like, you know what? I probably I didn't have the best day teaching today. I'll just be real with you. It was not the best day. And it's like, you know what? It's okay because, you know, we're just we're just human beings out there just trying to navigate this thing. We really are. Um, yeah, I, I think that one of the things I'm most excited about in this process is getting to know the other 25 yeah. um, or the other 24 um, semifinalists. And someone had um, written a comment to me about what great competition it was. And I just thought, mm. for me, it's not even about the competition. It's like yeah. about, man, I want what I would like more than to even move on into this process is to have a trip to every one of their schools and to see them in action. Like, I'm like, yes. that would be more exciting to me than any other thing can you, that you know, can award. you say that for the folks in the balcony? Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be, this is a conversation that has been had with, with certain folks in certain circles. I and that. I feel the same way. I'm like, you know, we should have like, like either the opportunity to go see one another or if nothing else, uh, almost like a retreat. Like I always thought it would be super, super dope. It'd be so cool if we just had like 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 an educators retreat where all these individuals got together and we just kind of broke bread and just just talked it up and just got to know one another and really got a feel for for what everybody brings to the table and 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 most importantly how they set their table at at home so to speak in the, in their classroom in their band hall so i'm gonna need you if if you talk to somebody I need okay you to say that again because they i think they tired of hearing me saying it. i'm happy to have the conversation but that's i mean when I started teaching, this is how I got better is by going to see amazing teachers in action. And the first, I remember thinking, um, I mean, I started off as a sixth grade choir teacher and a general music teacher, hoping to do band. And it just so happened that um, the head director at the high school of the um, school system I was in actually retired the end of my first year teaching. And at the end of the day, I was teaching choir, he was teaching band, and I was just got to know him very well. And then he recommended me um, for the assistant position when the assistant moved up to head director. So I got so, so, so lucky, so blessed to get that position um, at a, what was a pretty, like maybe a top 25 size mm, school okay. in Indiana. And now it's like the 10th biggest. I mean, it's just exploded and grown. So it's, it's a pretty big high school. Um, and the second year, the head director said, you know, I've got so much on my plate. Would you take the jazz program? And uh, I was so thrilled because, you know, my best experiences in music as a student were in jazz band. Yeah. But it turns out just in case you can play the bass pretty well in those groups doesn't mean you can actually teach it. Well. <laughs> I was, you know, and I was about to say you were like uniquely equipped. So the, the irony that you would then say... <laughs> That you felt ill-equipped. Hilarious. Hilarious. Well, I didn't get, again, no, no pedagogy yeah. out of the gate. And also, you know, I, I was young and I was inexperienced and I thought, well, I'm just going to pull the hardest, coolest charts Ooh. my gray band played. And here I am with a, like a pickup basketball team of like the kids who didn't want to be in marching band and who it was like a mellophone and like. <laughs> two trumpets, like 16 saxophones, you know, like 10 drummers in the corner. Like I didn't know what to do with them. Uh -huh. And I'm getting these great charts that they hate because they're like yep. used to playing pet bands yeah. things. It was like, you know, so it was this very slow progression of year two. Let's see if I can do auditions and get the right setup for the jazz band to play actual jazz band charts, you know, for the literature. And, um, and I talked to a group of um, NAFME students recently, the music ed students, and talked to them about going into a place for the very first time. 
and how, when you make changes, it is so hard and it's really hard for the, for the people that have been used to a certain way of doing things. And, you know, if I could go back and do that again, I think I would just sit with like the senior class and say, man, tell me what you love about the school. What has been your best, um, the things that you love the most about being a part of this group. And I think just doing whatever you can to make sure that they know that you're collaborating with them to make it their best year ever, even though you're new. Um, but I wasn't very wise, but as wise back then. So I just went in and just kicked the door down, Chuck Norris style. And here Mm -hmm. we go. And this is what we're going to do. Um, so it was, it was a slow process. And I realized I can't start with Ellington and Basie with this particular group of students, I have to start kind of where they are and sort of lead them in that direction. Um, or I guess backwards into different decades, you know? So it was, it was really cool. And it was very humbling for me too, to say, okay, these are my goals, but I also have to look at who's in front of me and how can I make this a great experience for them while building a program. That's so, so, that's so important to have the perspective, you know, a lot of times people have the pedagogy, you know, they have the principles, um, they even have the passion, but if, if we lack the perspective, then it's all a loss, you know, because the perspective is everything in the sense, like when you came in, uh, it was very, it's very interesting hearing you say now that I should have seen the kids. Mm-hmm. I should have seen where they were. I should have seen not just where they were, but what was important to them. Because a lot of times, you know, and I'm guilty of it. I'm like, I am so convicted even right now because I'm in a new situation. I'm thinking to myself, how much Chuck Norris stuff did I do? I think I bust down a few doors too, you know, because I'm coming from a situation where I know, hey, this stuff works. Like, this is legit. I, I I didn't just make this thing up. It's got proven track record. But at the end of the day, kids don't care if it works there's this there's this movie it's old school like some folks listening to this may totally not get this but there's an old school movie with morgan freeman called lean on me and he 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 portrays a principal in an inner city school that was given up on and they were getting ready to close it in a last ditch effort they put morgan freeman in there and they had no idea that he would turn the school around but he was quite unconventional he was quite he was quite the rogue right and he was doing he was breaking all these rules but the kids were getting better like he was he was breaking rules to keep them safe you know and 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 to help them see value in themselves and it was working but there were a few people in the community that didn't like his style so they low-key kind of sabotaged him long story short he ends up getting arrested because he put chains on the doors to keep the drug dealers out but that's a fire code uh violation so they arrested him and they put him in the prison and i'll never forget the kids marched they marched down the street and they got like the the pitchforks and the signs and they're like you know free mr clark and they walk up to the prison and one of the 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 leaders of the of the movement against mr clark goes kids go home we're gonna get you a, a good principal and the kid goes we don't want a good principal we want mr clark you know and it was the spirit like i get it i get it and and so many times we go in trying to give them something good and they don't really want the good they want what they want and i i have to admit just listening to you i've i've really got to go back and and reevaluate some things am i the waiter that took the order but then just brought what i wanted them to eat or did i you like like did i did i really just do that you know so so like hearing you say that is is so powerful i i'm curious 
I'm curious now in, in your situation, your position, you talked about just being able to pour into educators, uh, specifically those, those, those collegiates that are getting ready to step into the profession. Um, I, I'm just curious in your opinion, you know, and that's, that's what we're here for. We want, we want the perspectives of those that are actually in the profession. What are the, what do you think the biggest challenges we're facing right now? And I, I know, you know, we could all say COVID, but aside from the, the elephant in the room, the COVID elephant, what are some other challenges that, you know, you talk to a lot of folks, what are some things people are facing? What are some fears people are having in this, in this season in regards to education? I'm just curious, what are you hearing out there? I think for the people that I'm talking to, I feel like their plates are just so full mm. and they are just basically on the edge of burnout. And I think COVID has been a part of that. Um, I do remember telling a colleague last year that I felt like we were working twice as hard for half of the result, wow. you know, during COVID. And, I, and it's still, I mean, it's still lingering. We're basically three years into that, but I think that, that is, yeah, like our, our seniors haven't had a normal year since their freshman year. Like that's, that's yeah. absolutely crazy to me for teaching high school. So I really do think it's, it's about burnout and it's about just balancing, trying to be this amazing director, changing lives, uh, making sure that the program is excellent, not perfect, but excellent. You know, you're on that road to excellence, but then at the same time, taking care of yourself and make like trying to figure out that work-life balance. I know that's a very overly used um, phrase, but I think that that is the key to being able to have your cup full and then being able to show up and then pour into others. Because if that is constantly empty, because you are just never taking a break, never completing your stress cycle, never um, taking a moment, you know, to take care of yourself, whether that's food or exercise or whatever that looks like, um, or even just spending time with family and friends, um, the job can be so all consuming that it just takes, I feel like so long many years to sort of figure out what the balance, how you can balance that, because hopefully you become more efficient at your job, Mm -hmm. the longer you do it. And you, you're not reinventing wheels for every, I mean, for things like logistics or seating charts or bus lists, or, you know, you can actually start, Oh, I already have this process in place. So then you're building and building and building. And hopefully that becomes more efficient and you're able to even just enjoy the job more. You know, if there's, if there's a lack of joy there, or there's so much stress that you're not enjoying coming in, I think that's just your, your body's way of telling you, Hey, you might need to reach out to someone and Mm. and have a conversation or phone a friend, or this is just, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just might be your body saying, Hey, you need to check in with someone. You need to have like a talk with a therapist, or you might need to take a little bit of a break, you know, because I think it's so important to listen to those things because if you ignore them, eventually that will come out in a way that you almost can't even control because you know, your body will do its thing. It will, it doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. You know, that's, that's, that's so important. You know, we don't talk about that stuff enough, you know, or, or or if we do talk about it, it's coming from the, the mouth of a, of a clinical psychologist or somebody that maybe we can't really identify with, but, but hearing from an educator saying that, you know, sometimes enough is enough. And sometimes you have to be enough. That is so important for us to know and embrace. You know, I love what you said about efficiency being a process. 
that it's there's really no overnight success there's really over life success like these things these things that we seemingly do like like let's just be honest you, you didn't just wake up one morning it came as a result of small things done well stacked on top of each other over time but i really do think you know folks will look at i'm just be honest with you folks folks i, I run into a lot of people and 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 as i talk with folks especially if they're familiar with my journey folks will look at folks like myself or yourself and they say oh mickey you know bethany you don't understand you know you, you know you, you got it going on you got you got a great smile you know you got a great greater hair you know uh, for those that don't know i'm, I'm follically challenged anyway it, so they'll say stuff like that but they don't understand they don't understand that that all of us are just working this thing out day to day um that that no one has all the answers but many of us have some systems in place we have we have a focus that allows us to answer the call even if we don't have all the answers um so for me part of what what helps me with the music is is the music i, I don't know how you feel about this but like some of the most peaceful times i've ever had were either on a stage where i'm playing my saxophone or conducting a band you know of, of my students where it's like time stops no no one can nothing can touch you in that moment like it's you know you're not distracted you don't have the worries of the world you're not thinking about the mortgage you're not thinking about this you're not thinking nobody's calling it's one of the few times in life you are literally in the moment i think that's what makes music so powerful because when you're performing music you can't go back and get a note and you can't think too far ahead about the note that's coming up you literally have to be in the moment and I think music is mindfulness to the nth degree. So, so I'm, I'm just curious, how do you feel when you're performing? How do you feel when you're working with that jazz? What does that, what does that feel like to you? I'm just curious. I feel the same exact way. Um, I often think about um, the students that I'm teaching and how, I don't know, the pressures that they have and how stressed out they are and how they have 24 seven access to people just yeah. inundating them with messages, positive or negative. Um, you know, if, if you grew up decades ago, you would roll home from school and you'd like, there was like a phone on the wall and you yeah, had to wait yeah. for like, you know, yeah. you like turn on the TV and got a snack and you just kind of waited for your friends to get off the bus. It's and, like, how did we get stuff done? Yeah. Like you think about coordinating stuff. How did we even get stuff done? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know that I'm ready to teach in that world because I, I mean, I'm able to like shoot out emails and say, Hey, you all made this honor band. Congratulations. And I was thinking today, even in, remember when you had to put that up on the chalkboard and just yes. like wait for the kids to show up, you know? So I do appreciate the technology, but I also know that the dark side of that is that students' minds are never actually coming down off of that high of just always, you know, um, being pinged from all, all of the messages on the phone. So I, I often think in those moments when they're performing and I see all these students just like so into the music, yeah. um, that it's like one of the most beautiful things. And I think it's one of the most healthy things that the kids can do. Um, and about 10 years ago, um, I got a grant to go to New York and New Orleans um, a teacher creativity grant. And I went to jazz at Lincoln center and they started every one of their sessions for band directors by dancing to a Count Basie song, or they actually, they picked different songs. Um, and I thought it was weird. And I was just, you know, really tired from going to see, you know, concerts all night in New York yeah. city, but it turned out like after a couple of days, I kind of got into it. And so for 10 years, my students come in every day and we start by dancing and singing. 
um, to a, the same, but it's one song per year. And so all the bands know it and they just, I mean, they're walking in, they're really, you know, some of them are very stressed out or some of them had a really bad chemistry test or some of them had a fight with their parent on the way to school or whatever. But when they get into that room and I press play, they don't have anything in their hands. They're just singing and dancing and clapping. And they take and- it, they take it serious. Like they, they, oh, they- they're in it. They're in it. I mean, and they, they sing so loud. They're singing like Joe Williams. Yeah. I mean, they're like, okay. like him. it's so cool. And, and it's funny because when I started it, kids were like, I don't know about this, but now, you know, like the seniors, juniors, sophomores, they look at the freshmen. They're like, Hey, this is what we do. And these freshmen are like, okay, this is what we do. Uh-huh. And then when we go to contests or festivals, I start that in the warm-up room and they're like, they were like, yeah, this is our weird thing that we do. And they're all into it. So they all like even the bands that are there watching, you know, like we have five jazz bands now, which is amazing. And they'll just they'll just like sing with each other and encourage each other. And it's one of those things where instead of starting class with like kids sit down, we've got things to do. You know, it could yeah. take so much energy to get a band going. But if I just press play and we're just dancing and singing, it's immediately like they're in the rehearsal. And so I think those moments, just like you're describing where, whether you're on stage, if I'm on stage with a band playing the bass and I just think, I can't believe I get to do this. You know, I can't believe this is, I get to be in this moment making music. Um, your whole life is like leading to whatever musical moment you're making. Cause you'll never get that back. Like, and I tell students too, guys, you need to, every moment you have in this band is a gift, whether that's jazz five, four, three, two, one, it doesn't matter because this is the only time you'll be with this unique group of humans. You know, you have to bring your spirit to this. You have to bring your personality. You have to bring your work ethic. All the things that you want for this band is what this band is going to be. You know, I'll be here to help, but like we're doing this together and really this is your band. And that's what I want for the students. But yeah, when they're on stage and they're playing, I mean, I've had these, I feel like really transcendent moments when we've been at like like an honor band thing or something and the kids are playing. There was one time, there was one time I think at like state finals or something, I just thought they don't need me. And I just yeah. like walked off the stage and the kids were like, I mean, a couple of them were like, Is she, she's just, she's gone. She just left. She's out. And I'm like, you don't need me. I mean, I probably should have, again, hindsight should have given them like a warning. And, but it was in the moment I was in like, you, don't need yeah. me. Yeah. you know, like the, the better you are, the less you need me. I'm off the stage. And I just sat there and I was just like, I felt like I paid money to go see a great band and I was just so proud of them. And I just got to sit off stage and just enjoy it. And they were, they were great and they rose to the occasion. And so I just, I just love giving the students every opportunity that I can for them to have those transcendent moments, you know, because the older we get and the more that we have those, the more we just want to give those to the students as well. See, see, see world, see America, see, see. Now you you get it now. This is why this is why we have see the sound so that we can feel these moments, so that we can be exposed to these great educators. And most importantly, it's not even about the teacher or the educator. It's about what I call the sound adult. I believe every child is one sound adult away from discovering their own sound of success. But remember, the sound is not the audible. The sound is the internal. It's that thing that resonates in a deeper level. And uh, I think that comes from being in the moment. And and ah, 
what 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 was it was it Miles Davis said I've had to explain it to you you wouldn't get it anyway right it's some of those things you just you just have to experience and I'll tell you this for anybody who's listening today they feel it they feel the passion uh, they feel the conviction they feel just the love that is just emanating as you talk about your experiences not just the experiences but the experiences with the students and the music and what it means to you and most importantly what what it means to them we can feel that we, and it's no coincidence I say it again kudos to you it's no coincidence that you have uh reached this 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 platform to be able to share that gift in a powerful way and that's really what it's all about it's about it's about sharing it it's about sharing it adding value to others so this is what we're going to do what's what we're going to do okay we're going to we're going to break for just a moment we're going to pause for the cause and we're going to come back and when we do you know what time it is guys it's time to share that good sound now we all know what the sound is but i think each and every day our challenge is to turn down the noise, the distractions of life, the problems, uh, those things that come against us, and really focus on what is good. And I believe that when we focus on the solution and not the problem, it changes the entire paradigm because it changes our perspective. So in just a minute, on the other side of this sound, I'm going to throw you a curveball, Bethany. We're going we're we're to challenge you today. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mike check. All right, guys, we are back. We are back. It's time to it's time to share that good sound. I always like to say, let us be the sound to change the world. But you can't really change the world if you don't start with yourself. And I think sometimes it's not even the enemy. It's the enemy that does me the most difficulty sometimes. Just fighting those 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 inner voices and crashing the chatterbox, so to speak, is what allows me to be present, fully present for my students. And I'm not always perfect with it, but I try each and every day to, to be the best version of myself for them. And uh, a big part of that is where I put my focus on. Uh, I, I truly believe, you know, Bethany, that, that, that problems were meant to be recognized, but never committed to. I think we commit to solutions. I think it's important that when we wake up in the morning, we wake up with a with an attitude and a spirit of gratitude that we focus on things uh, that we're mindful in the moment, like you talked about, even with the music and that throughout the day. Yeah, don't put your head in the sand. I mean, there, there may be situations and problems, but um, where we continue to put our focus, I think, is the key to our success. So with that being said, I'm going to throw a little curveball. I do this to all my guests. I'm like, I want to see if I can catch somebody off guard. But today I want to challenge you to think about, I'm sure you could probably think of some challenges. I know we all can as teachers, but can you think of one good thing that happened today that you wouldn't mind sharing with our, our listening audience? One good thing, one good takeaway from the day. I'll give you a second to think about it, but what's one good share that you can share with us today? Okay, so the thing that comes to mind that probably gave me the most joy was I had a, a student walk in the classroom that I hadn't seen all year because he had moved away um, to um, a school uh, one county away. And he came in and he said, I'm back. Yeah. And um, I had the counselor had emailed me this, the, this morning and said, you know, which band can he go in? So I, I sent that information out and she instantly sent back that he would be in this particular jazz band. And um, this is a student that just really struggled, you know, like over the last year. And um, I was really sad when he moved away. And I kept in contact with that band director saying, hey, look out for this kid. You know, he really like he's great. And just all the ways that he 
was amazing, but also needed encouragement, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when he walked in the classroom, I was so excited to see him again. And he didn't even have me today. He doesn't have me till tomorrow, but today was his (laughs) first day back. And he had to come in between classes and say, I can't wait to be back. And I'm like, I know, I'm so glad you're here. You know? And I said, you can get to school every day. Like, how can I help you? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be at school every day. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this, you know? So just having that student. And he actually said to me, he said, because he sent a tweet, um, that cop, you know, he like, I don't even know how to tag me in a tweet. And it said um, something like, I really miss jazz band at my school. And I said, I said, you know, reach out to the director that you have. He knows you're great. You know, and I wanted to connect with him there. And he said today, he's like, I knew when you responded to my tweet that I had to get back here. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you know, it's, 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 it's simple. You know, you can, uh, the old saying is you can, you can con a con. You can fool a fool, but you can't kid a kid like 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 kids know. And and sometimes it's not even the stuff like you said, it's not even always the pedagogy. It's like so much of teaching has nothing to so much of teaching has no thing to do with teaching. Like it's crazy. Like not don't don't take me out of context, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it would help to have the degree and the certification and the training. But at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't even matter if you can't make that meaningful connection to get the process started. And there's something about you. It was more than what you taught because you operating with the same 12 notes everybody else is. But but you did something. You meant something enough to that child to where they wanted to work for you. They wanted to be with you. And they, they, they couldn't wait to be back in your presence. And I think at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to reminding ourselves that it can't just be about the subject matter. It has to be about showing the student that they matter. It has to be an understanding that when I look at that young person, I'm not seeing a student on my roster. I'm seeing someone's child. I'm seeing a child. And that's so important. And I know that that, that little man, like he, he felt that. He was like, I got to get back. Ms. Robinson misses me. Like yeah. she, it's, it's just not the same, right? And that's cool. That is like, that is such a good share to know because somebody out there needs to be reminded that what we're doing is not as important as what we're being. Like we were never called to be human doings. Like there's a reason we're human beings. Like we need to remember more than ever. That's why I say, let us be the sound to change the world. And the cool thing is your sound is pretty sweet, whether it's on the bass, you know, the sax, the keys, but at the end of the day, even today, we got to experience, I feel, your true essence, your true sound. Uh, and for that, I am incredibly grateful. So I, I would ask if you wouldn't mind to just, I, the time goes so fast when you're having fun. Like, no joke, like this, this, this was a fun one. Like it went by super, super fast. Can you share with us just, uh, just one final thought for our, our, our listeners today? Uh, just maybe that thing that is important to you, uh, just to, whatever that last little share is. I want to just give you that, that floor, maybe a, a minute or so, just to kind of, to share that, that one singular idea with our, our listeners today. To go along with this last subject of just, you know, connecting with students. I had a student teacher, um, the first part of this year and one day in one of the bands, there were older students and I thought, guys, we're going to do a Q and A with our student teacher. And I said, we're gonna ask the question and you're gonna give us the answers. And so what I asked the students was, what makes a great teacher? I want you to tell 
not just me, but my student teacher, like what makes a great teacher? And then I said, and, the, and then I have one follow-up question for you. So on the subject of what makes a great teacher from the students' mouths, it was all about connection and caring. And some of them said things like, you know, I don't even love this particular subject, but when I walk into that classroom, that teacher, I know they love the subject. And that makes me want to show up to that English class because the teacher is so into the subject. You know, so they were talking about having a love for your subject and having that passion come out. And then some other students said, you know, I have some teachers that don't really get to know me. They just, it's almost like transactional. They just want me to turn in the papers or they want me to turn in the work and get the grade book all, you know, in order. And he's like, but I, I like to be in classes where um, the, the teacher, it's more about the connection and they know about me and they know about my siblings and they know that I play soccer after school and they, you know, all, all of these different things, just getting to know the students. And then I asked them, well, what makes a great jazz band teacher? What can you tell our student teacher about what, what makes a great jazz band teacher trumpets? What are some trumpet specific things that, you know, that you need to tell us about? And they didn't have answers for that. They said, oh, well, we don't know. We just want you to care about us. You know, we just want you, we just want there to be a great vibe in the room. We want it to be collaborative, you know, and um, a student once gave me the greatest compliment when he said, you know, there are some bands that feel like it's the director's band, but when we're in here, this feels like our band, you know, the student's band. And I think that collaboration is everything because you're literally empowering these students to make decisions, you know, with guidance along the way, but that's how they will have the confidence to keep going and to keep trying new things. And I think confidence is a skill that is practiced just like musicianship Mm -hmm. is. And I think that that is our job as educators is to give students that confidence so that when we are not in front of them or when we walk off stage, they have the greatest performance of their life because they're empowered to do so. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Look, You've been to the master class, y'all. I'm just telling you, you classes in, te- in session. The teachers back in town today. This this has been phenomenal. Uh, I feel like uh, from our time together, I feel like I'm better, and I know that our listeners today uh, will echo that sentiment if if asked. And and I think it's so important that we that we continue to take these steps together. That this journey called teaching in the profession. It's an arduous one, but it's also a hero's journey. It's one that we're well equipped to make as long as we keep on going. Um, but but I'll tell you this, we can definitely make our next steps, our best steps, and ultimately make our next sounds, our best sounds when we band together. Life is better when we band together. And, and I truly believe that. So talk to us today about how we can stay connected with you or, or you know, what, what, what are those platforms that maybe you're on that you wouldn't mind sharing with us because again, there's just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom uh, that you possess and that you give so freely. Uh, your spirit is very generous. And uh, I just I just want folks to be able to connect uh, as you continue to go through your journey as well. So share with us, how can we stay connected with you? So on, let's see, my website is bait, let's see, bethanyrobinsonjazz.com. So my website, bethanyrobinsonjazz.com. And then um, Instagram is bassbethany, B-A-S-S, Bethany. So you can find me there. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. So you heard it here first, guys. Stay connected. Uh, you know, it takes a village, right? It takes a village. I say raise a child. I ain't grown up yet. I'm still growing up. So so, so I'm just, I know there's some folks out there just like me. So thank you for being so, again, generous with your time today. Thank you for being so generous with your talent and, and the wisdom and the treasure that you have. Thank you for sharing it with us as well. And for my educators out there, hey, remember, guys, this thing called life is the class. And the world that we live in is simply a classroom. So do me a favor. Keep on going and make your classroom sound. Make your teaching epic. And I promise you, I promise you, your legacy will be significant. Until next time, guys, this is See the Sound. Keep on going. Your sound will change the world if you do just that. MickeySmithJr.com Can you hear the sound, heartbeat of that motherless child? As we search for love, we all need a warmth of smile. There's a sound that is so sweet when we hear, child, you belong. So let our words of love flow freely, like a river strong. And let us Sweet when we hear child, you belong. 